Welcome back. This is your kind of well, kind of toxic host, Sarah Rittendale, bringing you another episode of Wellish. Dr. Lynn Anderson, welcome to Wellish. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. (laughs) So I like to just go ahead and let people introduce themselves. Uh, Tell me, you know, what you're passionate about, your purpose in life, what it is that you're trying to accomplish through your work. Take it away. (laughs) The floor is yours. Uh, Well, I'm a, I'm a naturopathic doctor. Most people say, well, what is a naturopathic doctor? Naturopathic doctor teaches the natural sciences and how to stay healthy, uh, primarily nutrition, exercise, and of course, sleep, but then aromatherapy and herbs and light and color. So we get into all the natural sciences, your environment, how to, how to create a healthy environment and balance. I'm also a certified yoga therapist and a karma master. So I have been teaching and writing and um, practicing karma yoga for over 30 years. And um, actually, that's what my books are about. The soul walking series is all about how to use karma, which is a very practical guide to help you live your life in a much more balanced and healthy manner. So that's really what I've been doing. I'm also a mother and I'm a grandmother of three. And I've been in the fitness and health field for 40 years. Amazing. Okay. So you pulled me in with the karma thing. What can you explain that a little bit? What does that mean that you can live your life based off karma? Is that what you said? Well, it's it's a practical guide. And you know, and, and what it means that each and every one of us are just a stream of energy in this world. And the energy is all about cause and effect. So it has no judgment. If you do something, you know, you're going to have to deal with the effect, the consequences of that. So karma calls upon you to consciously pay attention to what you're doing so that you create the effect that you want to affect in your life. So that's really kind of the nuts and bolts of karma. I like that. I like the no judgment that you, right, you're totally right that it, when you think of karma, you think of like, oh, well, if you do something bad, something bad's going to happen. So that's interesting. So is that how you then use it as a practical guide? Because you're saying like, okay, if I do, it seems pretty simple. Like if I do this, this will happen, right? Right. Well, it's, yeah, sort of, but here's a, here's an, here's an analogy. Okay. If I go out and I steal something, Okay. Mm-hmm. And I never get caught. Now, people would say, well, wait a minute, you stole something. That's bad karma. You should get caught. But I let's say I never get caught, mm-hmm. but I steal something. I'm still a thief. Okay. I still have that energy. I still have to carry that energy with me. So what am I going to do the rest of my life? I'm going to be looking over my shoulder afraid I'm going to get caught, always trying to cover it up, then the lies come in. And so it starts to build. And so there isn't a direct, I stole something, I got put in jail, Mm -hmm. but I got to carry that energy with me. And if I carry that energy, it starts to spin into a negative place in my life, Mm -hmm. as opposed to if I'm a very generous and giving person, you know, then I'm in a really nice place. What happens when you meet somebody who's really happy and generous and giving people are drawn to them. Mm -hmm. Opportunities come to you. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's the cause and effect. Okay. Got it. I like that. That's so interesting. One of the things that really captivated me about wanting to interview you is how you said that 
there's always going to be struggle. There's always going to be chaos, but it's how you cope with that. It's how you move through the, the destruction to not let it be destruction for it to be creation. So can you tell me a little bit about what helped you come to that conclusion? Like, how did you decide there will always be chaos and you're just going to have to figure out a way to move through it? Well, you know, if you look at the at life, mm-hmm. there's always been war. There's always been death. There's always been famine. There's always been, you know, natural disasters. There's always been chaos. The world, Mother Nature is a chaotic, it's a, it's chaotic energy. And within that, we have the ability to destroy or create. That's what energy does. It, sure. You know, you can't have creation unless you have destruction. Mm-hmm. So they kind of work hand in hand together. So what what we what we do sometimes as human beings is we want the world to be peaceful we want the wor- environment to be great we want all this stuff to happen when we don't step back and say that's not life mm-hmm. and it's never going to change it's yeah. always going to be chaotic out here now how do you address that chaos mm-hmm. are you able to manipulate and balance and work your energy around the chaos as karma yoga says and dance can you dance and be happy when all the chaos is going around? Because yes. it's not going to end. <laughs> yes, I love that analogy, the dancing. That just clicked with me like not that long ago. I feel like I've heard it in all of my self-improvement books that I've read, but it so is a dance, like figuring out how you're going to cope with it because you're going to have to. Exactly. I like that a lot. So yeah. with that, I kind of want to talk to you mostly about the things that we're told like quote unquote, we're supposed to be doing in order to be our most well highest selves. I feel like I get very overwhelmed by that. concept. Like (laughs) I definitely fall victim to feeling like I have to be doing these like regimented things. And if I don't do all of the things that I'm told I'm supposed to do, then that means that I'm never going to be a successful, well, healthy version of myself. I'll never reach that highest version of myself. So what is your opinion on the activities that we're told to do by the media that we have to do in order to be our healthy, higher well selves? Mm -hmm. Well, first off, the media, we have to really be very careful and pay attention to the reality of the media. And I will tell you, I lived in Los Angeles for 30 years and I know how to manipulate media. You know, Hollywood (laughs) is great at doing it. They're absolutely fabulous at doing it. You know, all the beautiful people. Yeah. So it's, and what happens when we get into that? We, we build stress. We start, we get burnt out. Yes. It it has a counter uh, effect to it rather than getting up and going and doing a great workout today, because I really want to do the workout. I feel good. It's my time. It's my pleasure time rather than I've got to do that. And I've got to eat this and I've got to be regimented. Mm -hmm. You know, human beings are not we're not structured that way. What we are structured for is to seek pleasure. Pleasure is a natural part of being a human being. And, you know, dopamine, serotonin, that's what, you know, that is what human beings are all about. And it's a drive. And that drive for pleasure is what creates innovation. It creates, you know, it makes us create things. It makes us, you know, be kind and wonderful people and enjoy the things of life. So it comes back to what do you enjoy? What makes you happy? How do you fulfill that pleasurable part of yourself without, because karma yoga says, doing no harm. And doing no harm begins with yourself. Mm -hmm. If you harm yourself, you harm everything in the universe. If you if you do no harm to yourself, 
then you do no harm to everyone else. So right. it's really coming back to that place. And really, what is it that you, that makes you feel good, that fulfills you, that is your passion, mm -hmm. not what the media tells you it should be? It almost makes me think of like, because, okay, obviously we're supposed to, just for simple terms, like we're supposed to exercise, we're supposed to eat healthy. But a lot of the time we can be overwhelmed by that because you can get into the mindset of like, oh, I have to go to the gym. It's a chore. It's something that I have to do and I don't feel like doing it, but I have to force myself. And then that's where we get into that burnout space. Is it more along the lines of not making yourself do a specific thing like that? There's so many um, there's so many options for it. Is that what I'm understanding? That it's your choice supposed to be what makes you happy? Right. Uh, but we do need to come back and realize that the body was designed to move. And that's where we get into trouble as okay. human beings, because we're very sedentary. The body is a machine. It evolved under movement, walking, moving, climbing. That's how we build muscles. That's how we keep the bones strong. That's how we keep the body mm -hmm. healthy. And the body doesn't like to be still all mm -hmm. the time. It needs to move. So when we move, we always feel better because we stimulate the neurochemicals in our brain, you know, the yeah. dopamine and the, the serotonin. And we, we feel better when we're out moving always, our body yeah. and mentally we feel better. But it's really not putting that pressure on yourself. And what I tell a lot of my students is find if, if, you, if a fitness class is what works for you, because a lot of times we need that structure. I need to know that I got to show up yeah. to that class. Find a teacher that you like and a teacher that will know who you are. It's like, I know all mm -hmm. my students. So if I don't see a student for two or three weeks, I'll send mm -hmm. them an email. Or when they come to class, I'll say, I haven't seen you in two or three weeks. And you know what? They feel yeah. important. Wow, she missed me. She knew I was gone. I'm going to come back to yes. her class. And, and what I'm doing is, I'm what I'm doing is I'm getting them to come back and I'm getting them to do what, exactly what I want them to do. I want them mm -hmm. to be healthy. That's so it's really kind of finding that niche where you feel, you know, good and finding people that can help you get into that. Okay. Place yeah. Follow it through. So then with exercise, cause like you say, we're supposed to be exercising. What do you find? What do you think are the most important things that people need to be doing on a daily basis in order to be like their highest selves mm -hmm. or their wellest selves? Well, we need to do all three things of, we need to work on balance, strength, flexibility, but we also need to add the aerobic component. So those things are very important because the heart needs to be pumped. We need to pump blood. We need to work the, the lungs. They need to mm -hmm. be expanded. That's the aerobic part, but we also need to keep the bones and everything strong and the muscles. So we have to do something that keep, works all of those components in. I'll give you an example. I, I have a class and we, I actually produced a whole series of DVDs, which have been internationally sold. And they're called Dr. Lin's Proactive Aging Exercise. And in this one hour, we do yoga, we do balance, we do a little bit of strength training, we do about 20 minutes of aerobic dance. So they get everything. They come and it's like a little, little buffet and you get a little, little taste of all of the things. But as I tell my students in one hour, you can create everything that you should do for your body in okay. that day. Yeah. So it's doing all of those. It's that I like that I set up too, just because I feel like it again, prevents the burnout that you're not like harping on one area for too long to then have to like back off and then try something else because you've decided that you hate that now. And now you have to find something else that brings you pleasure. 
Right. And, you know, when I was, you know, um, teaching, especially in Los Angeles, you know, there would be women that would come to, uh, you know, an aerobic class and they'd be skinny, skinny, mm-hmm. skinny, skinny. And that's all they did was aerobics. Mm-hmm. And as they began to age, their skin began to sag. They began to have osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. They lost their flexibility. Their balance was gone. And so they were so obsessed with their weight and so obsessed with doing one thing that the body after a while started to break down and said, well, you haven't paid any attention to my balance for a while, so mm-hmm. I'm going. That's what the body wow. does. Yeah, totally. If you're not using it, it's going to leave. Totally. Right. Oh my God. That's so interesting. Okay. So I'm also really fascinated by what you said about us as humans that we're pleasure operated, that we need that pleasure. So how, is there a good way to get rid of the overwhelm of it and to get rid of the idea that you're supposed to be doing things and, and kind of turn back towards that pleasure? Like, how do you, how do you get yourself to be excited or to feel pleasure by these things that we're supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the four aims in life, if you want to be successful, is to draw pleasure into your life every Mm -hmm. day. And pleasure can come in simple little things. I can see a beautiful bouquet of flowers and and there's a moment of pleasure. It's just a wonderful feeling. But we're in such a hurry that we don't stop and smell the roses. You know, we don't stop and do that. But pleasure, again, we are hardwired as human beings. And the most fundamental of pleasure is the sexual drive, because that's what causes procreation. Yeah. That's what co- that, Without that, the, the human species is not going to mm-hmm. continue. And if that drive, that basic drive, and then there's the drive to hunger drive, that's a drive for pleasure too. You want to fill your stomach. You want to feel, you want to sleep. So the human being has these drives in us. We just don't come back and take them back to the most simplistic mm-hmm. sense of enjoying things. So pleasure then in our modern society comes, well, when I get that Mercedes, I'm going Mm -hmm. to be happy. And when I get that house and when I get that weight, and so we start putting these artificial things out there when pleasure is really a neurochemical thing. It happens in your brain. And when your body feels neurochemically, feels that pleasure sensation and the neurochemicals go through your body, heart rate goes down, stomach relaxes, stress, we de-stress, we smile, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's really working that together and coming back to the, to the biochemical part of who we are. What's interesting is that I feel like it's, we overcomplicate it so much. Like again, going back to the media and looking at all of the things that like, you know, you're watching an aesthetic video online and you got to, you know, go for your morning walk and then have your perfect house and then have your lemon water. And I don't know, like we do like all of these like fancy things when really it does you're totally right. Like, I don't know how that didn't click in my head of what the pleasure means, but right. Like sexual pleasure, sleeping pleasure, eating pleasure. These it's so basic and it comes down to such a basic thing that if we're just satiating that, it sounds like that's how we feel satisfied with it. And we're not overcomplicating it to then lead to this burnout phase of feeling like not good enough. If you don't do all of those things, am I understanding that? Right. That is correct because it's, it's nature. Nature gave this this pleasure part to us. Yeah. As I said, we're hardwired for it because let's take for a moment that we, there's no sensation or feeling of happiness or pleasure in the world. Let's take that out. Mm-hmm. 
boring. Yeah. <laughs> what a boring world out there. Right. 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 We're all walking around with a sad face and nobody has any uplift at all. Mm-hmm. So we we wouldn't survive very long. Yeah. Because we wouldn't we wouldn't have that drive to make things better, mm-hmm. to create things. It wouldn't be there. Yeah. Because when you are creative, anyone who's a creative person, I mean, there's such innate pleasure in painting or writing mm-hmm. or doing mm-hmm. a really good lecture, it's not material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's inside. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So then can you break down, obviously there's always going to be things that we have to do that we don't really want to do, but we have to do them just because, you know, they're for our well-being. So can you break down what a balanced lifestyle should look like? Well, first up, it 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 is moving your body it's eating healthy. And the reason I say eating healthy is because your body's a machine and it needs vitamins and minerals. Mm -hmm. That's what it operates on. It doesn't operate on food. It it has to have vitamins and minerals to operate properly. And it has to have sleep. Sleep is a nutrient. So we have to really pay attention to those three things. Now, yes, there are things that we have to do that maybe we don't really want to do. You know, I've got to go empty the dishwasher Mm -hmm. after I get done talking to you. I'm not looking forward to (laughs) emptying the dishwasher, you know, so not pleasure for me because, you know, it's a lot of work, but, you know, it's something I have to do in order to keep my life in order. And that's important to me because if that's done, then I free my time up to do other things. Mm -hmm. So it's balancing that all out and, and, not all the have, have, I have to, I have to, I have to, but bringing it in and what do you really want to do? Mm-hmm. And how can you balance these things out so that you get that even balance of commitment mm-hmm. and responsibility and that ability to just sort of be in a pleasurable place? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fine line mentally and physically to get there. Mm-hmm. I like your dishwasher example because I think that obviously you don't enjoy the activity of emptying the dishwasher and putting your dishes away and doing all the things but obviously if you don't do it then your dishes start to pile up in your sink and now you have a dirty house and now you're anxious because your house is disgusting and you're not in like this nice space so at the end of the day really it is a pleasure thing and it's like you know that even though you don't like the activity itself you're doing it at the end of the day for that balance and for the ability to make yourself feel good and live in a safe comfy little space little cocoon you're absolutely right because there is a sense of satisfaction in being neat and having chores done when we get those yeah and that's a pleasurable thing oh wow i got that done now i can go out and i can sit on the patio and and watch the birds if i want to because i got that done but what happens is we in our society we pile so many responsibilities on us and we have the media coming at us from every direction telling us all the things we're doing wrong yeah yeah you're doing this wrong. You don't look right. You know, it's like negative, negative, negative. And instead of coming back to the positive part mm-hmm. of who we are and what life is all about, mm-hmm. because as I like to tell my students, you're not taking any of this with you when you depart this world. Mm-hmm. You don't take the stress. You don't take the drama. You don't take the problems. So don't live them. Yes. Because you're not taking them. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> they don't mean anything. Absolutely. You know, what's funny about you saying that is that I... I think of that. And when I think of that, it seems so like big and far off and and deep. And, you know, like you can easily forget it because you get so wrapped up into the into the day to day and what's going on that you're not 
going to take it with you when you die. But what I think is when I remember every time I left school, like every time when I graduated high school, when I graduated college, I remember thinking none of those papers mattered. None of the drama mattered. None of the grades mattered. Like it's kind of like a real life example for you to almost focus on to think of like, think of those stages when you leave a job, like you left the job. Do you think about that job anymore and all the stressors that came with it? No. So totally. Like anytime you kind of come to an end of something, you don't think about it anymore. And that's the same thing with your entire life. So you have exactly. to just kind of do what you got to do. Exactly. That's absolutely right. You've got to get up and enjoy life, you know, and especially you know, women, you know, because, you know, at one time I was a young woman <laughs> and, and women, you know, there's so much put on us stress and pressure throughout our lives mm -hmm. to be beautiful and to be smart and to have a job and have children. And, you know, there's just so much pressure, especially on young females. Yeah. And there's so much comparison and competition when, if we step back for a moment, karma teaches us that when you come to this world, you are a unique human being. There is nobody like you mm -hmm. and you are on a unique path. Nobody is on your path. So how can you compare yourself to somebody else if you're unique? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you and I can't compare ourselves because you're totally different than I am and you're on your own path. Absolutely. You know, so when we let go of those things, those are the things that catch us up in life and get us in, into trouble. When we spend all that energy comparing and competing when it's futile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And instead of focusing your energy on just doing what's right for you and what makes you happy, you're focusing your energy over there. Really, it should just be shifted. Exactly. Exactly. Because we are all beautiful human beings yeah you know we we all are just these beautiful unique human beings that are here on earth and you know someone may have a beautiful singing voice and someone may have beautiful skin and maybe someone has beautiful hair everybody has mm -hmm. these different attributes that perhaps maybe are you know their special little attribute but that doesn't mean that I have to think less of myself because my hair isn't as beautiful as the girl sitting next to me yeah you know right Maybe she doesn't have the big blue eyes that I have. Right. You know? Right. Or <laughs> yeah. passion and drive or your creativity or your analytical sense. Like there's all, like physical, obviously, yes, but also like your inside things that are so beautiful as well. You're totally exactly. right. That reminds me of that. I always love the um, analogy of like snowflakes and flowers are both beautiful, but they're nothing alike. Yep. It's so true. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And we that's really important that we get back to really appreciating the uniqueness of who we are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how much does um, habit creation play a role in this balanced life? I assume huge because I just think like I can think of you know, doing really well at emptying my dishwasher and making sure my house is clean. And then, you know, I have a week that I'm lazy and I'm not doing it. And now my house is messy. And then I start to fall into this pit of like, I suck. This is always how it's going to be because it's always on this cycle of that I do really good and then I fall off and then I do really good again. So how much does habits play a role in this? Is there a way to prevent falling off of routine? Is that a thing? Like, how does that kind of work? 
Mm -hmm. Well, we build these habits through our lives. You know, we build some good habits Mm -hmm. and we build some not so good habits. You know, there are things that, that, that are not so good. And we, we also tend to beat ourselves up when we, we kind of fall off a little bit. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's necessary to do that. Now, I'm not saying that you should let your house go to, go to, go to hell, you know, you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. do that because in karma does teach us that there is a, a Lakshmi has a, an evil sister called a Lakshmi okay. and a Lakshmi. If you're not careful, if you live in squalor and you live in mess and you're all disorganized, she'll, re- she'll rain havoc on your house. That's what a Lakshmi does. So w- things will start to happen. You think about when your life's out of control, your, say your home, your home is out of control. Okay, now you're not having friends over. Now you're not socializing. Then you get depressed. All of a sudden, bad things start to happen, and you don't have that good energy coming out. You know, Lakshmi. It's so true. Yeah, Lakshmi is. She's pointing her finger. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) And you you. don't make the connection. You're not like, oh, I didn't do my dishwasher. My house is a mess. So whatever. So this is happening. Oh my God. But that's totally how it works. So true. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's it's habits are habits are hard thing to break. Yeah, uh, you know, habits that that we do need to. But then it comes into conscious awareness. It's always conscious awareness of what you're doing. And as humans, we sometimes our brain is going so fast and we're running so fast that we're not even consciously thinking about what we're doing. Because if you take a step back and you go, look around and you go, "Wow, my house is really a mess." Mm-hmm. Along with that, my life is pretty disorganized because if your house is a mess, that's what a Lakshmi tells you. If your house is a mess, your life's a mess. Yeah. You're disorganized. You're, right. You know, because, you know, yoga really teaches us to keep things very simple and that you should live a very clean life. Mm-hmm. That means keep your body clean, keep your environment clean. That's the way you live a healthy life. So it's being able to consciously be aware of those things and how they're affecting not just my house is a mess, but how they permeate out and start to affect every part of your life. And when you do that, karma teaches you to make that conscious decision to make that turn in your life. Yeah. I feel like it's so much looking at it from a deeper perspective compared to just the surface level of, oh, my house is dirty and oh, I don't feel like doing it. That's cool. Exactly. Okay. So naturopath, right? Is how you say it? Okay. So as a naturopath, you obviously believe in self-healing, correct? Um, yes, yes. And no, yes. Uh, and from a naturopathic standpoint, we b- believe in prevention over cure. So oh, your yeah. focus in life should always be prevention. If you're paying attention to your diet, you're moving, you're using the natural sciences, let's just say your environment, paying attention to your environment, you remove toxic things from there, you get sunshine. What you're doing is you're working to prevent illness. Because once you are ill, then you've got to find a cure. Mm-hmm. And Oftentimes in our society, the first cure is a drug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's not, sometimes we need them. Sometimes we need antibiotics. But the problem is anytime you put a drug into your body that is a chemical, you're putting something poison in your body. The body can't use that chemical stuff to heal itself. Right. All it can do is kill something. And when it kills something, it kills something in the body. Yeah. So we have to rebuild the body back up. 
So in life, it's much better to prevent than cure. Yeah, right. So that's the focus. If you were work with a naturopath, what they a naturopath would bring you back to balance and then try to teach you how to stay in that balanced state by preventing. What's so interesting about that is that it almost makes me feel like it's living in the present. That it's like you can't, you're not working on the cure to go back and fix all of the things that have already happened to you. It's preventing from what's going to happen from right now for the rest of your life and focusing on that instead of, you know, like I said, curing what's the bad that's already happened to you. Well, absolutely. You can't go backwards. Right, right. So you can start here and you can decide where you want to go forward. Mm -hmm. And so let's say that you've just had a, a, a sickness. And you sit down and you consciously think about it and you say, well, you know, my diet wasn't very good. And, you know, I wasn't getting sleep and I was so stressed out. Was it worth it? No, mm-hmm. because the most important thing in your life is your health. And when it goes, I don't care how much money you have. Steve Jobs had all the money in the world mm-hmm. when his health went. No, there's n- nothing you can do. Right. You know, and you don't take the money with you when you leave. Yes. So your health is important, not just for living a good life, but if you want to be successful in life, you've got to have the energy mm-hmm. yeah. mentally and physically. Yeah. You've got to have that health there. And so you can sit down and say, okay, what can I do to bring my health back up and then keep it going in the right direction? And there are three things that we always come back to and they call the three pillars of health and that's diet, exercise, and sleep. Those three things are essential to life. Mm-hmm. We cannot live without those three things. Mm -hmm. And I like that too, because I think that, again, it comes back to the simplicity that it is what if you do have those three pillars, typically everything else falls back into place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's, It's all about simplifying as opposed to, you know, magnifying everything. I mean, social media just magnifies everything. But if you start to pull yourself back to a very simplistic life and start to simplify your life, you know, a lot of the chaos starts to settle down. Yeah. You know, you're not heading for burnout, stress and burnout, you know, and those are things that when you hit stress, when you're in stress level and you hit burnout and you really go into burnout, it's a long journey back to health. Yeah. A long journey. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I think too, that, like you said, like social media magnifies absolutely everything. And so we are focusing so heavily on this, like magnification and and doing all these things. And it just like, it gets out of control. And that obviously even more so leads you to burnout that you're just like trying so hard to chip away at something that's really actually impossible to accomplish. You're never going to look like an aesthetic video. You're never going to do all of the things perfect all of the time. But if you come back to the simpleness and you come back to physically, biologically, what your body needs in order to feel good, and it is the sleep, eat, and uh, exercise, focusing your energy there and just focusing on on that. And then from there, it, it seems like it will obviously trickle into the rest of your life. Right. Well, if you're if you're eating a healthy diet and you're exercising, getting sleep, mentally, you're sharper. Yeah. Mentally, you can be more creative, yeah. you know, and so all of that comes out and let's say your skin looks better and your hair looks better. People are drawn to people who have a healthy attitude and look healthy mm-hmm. where everything's drawn to that. Mm-hmm. So it's, if you come back and that's where you're at in your life, then 
what karma says is that stuff's going to come to you. Yeah. That's when you become a prosperous person because things come to you. You know, use an example, look at someone, uh, you know, walk around somewhere and, and see someone who's slouched over and got an angry look on their face and down like this. You're like, I, I don't even want to go near that person. <laughs> yeah, right? totally. So th they're not drawing positive energy in. But if I walk in a room and I'm upbeat and I'm happy and you go, wow, I, I'd like to get a little bit of her energy. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you're connecting with me. Well, how do you know who I know or what I know? And I like you because you've got the positive energy and it starts to build from there. So you mentioned be becoming a prosperous person. So is that what that looks like? Is that that radiating type of personality? When you walk into a room, you captivate the room, you do all of those types of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, you know, that's prosperity. Prosperity is not having a big house and cars and all kinds of money in the bank. However, it is not bad to do that. Because if you create wealth, and you do the right thing with it, a wealthy society has better medical has education, has money for arts. So wealth is not a bad thing. The problem with wealth is greed. Yes. So it's not wealth, it's greed. Yes. It's what you do with it when you, you send that out there. Mm -hmm. But prosperity really comes back to the number one thing. And, you know, next to health, the number one thing that is important to people is happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm and if you are healthy and you are happy and you are at peace in your life, that means you're content. That means you have everything that you need and want. Wow, that's that's utopia. Yeah, that's prosper. That's prosperity. Is it possible to reach that point? Absolutely. I, I mean, I will tell you that I'm a very healthy woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still I teach uh, yoga classes. I teach cycle classes. I do lectures. I mean, I'm 70 years old and I'm still going. Tut, 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 tut. Yeah. And you know, and I'm really, I'm very happy, you know, in my life, I'm a happy person. And what I mean by that is, I might not be happy with situations that are going on around me, maybe, you know, something's going on in my family that I'm not happy with, but I'm happy within myself. And so that creates a different, an, an energy that goes out there. And so if you're healthy, and you're happy, things come to you. Yes. They're drawn to you because everybody wants to be healthy and happy. Right. Okay. So obviously that sounds like you said, utopia, that sounds like the ultimate goal. Like if anybody could, like if everybody could have that, I feel everybody would. So what are some techniques to become prosperous? Well, first off, to take care of your health. Yeah. That is number one, mm -hmm. because when that's gone, you're that's it. Mm -hmm. So it's really taking yourself and, and valuing yourself enough to take care of your health, I like because that. that's the most important thing. Okay. And we don't put that much, you know, we don't value our health until we lose it. Mm -hmm. Once you get even just the common cold, it's like, oh my God, I feel terrible. I can't wait till I feel better. And then the day you feel better, it's like everybody has that aha moment. Mm -hmm. And then we go back to, you know, forgetting all about it. Take it for granted. Yeah. So it's really important that you value that within yourself. And, and you also value your ability to be happy. You have an innate right in this world to be happy. Mm -hmm. Everyone has that right. Mm -hmm. No one should ever take that away from you. So it's important that you find those two things. And when you find those two things, life becomes very prosperous. Yeah. Okay. What do you think is the most common reason people struggle to become prosperous? 
a lack of self-confidence, lack of value, mm -hmm. um, too much looking outside at what everybody else is doing and feeling bad about myself that, you know, I'm, I'm not a multimillionaire at age 30 or whatever, you know, it is that people think they should be doing. It's more about coming back and doing the work within yourself mm -hmm. and not so much looking outward yeah. at other people. Yeah. That's really where, where we fall into it. Yeah. Interesting. Is there a way to bring karma back into this? Like how I'm, I still am like, I'm still very interested in the karma concept and would like a little bit more clarity on it, I feel like, and, and how to use karma to your advantage. Can you elaborate on that more, what we were talking about earlier? Well, I'll give you an example. Karma teaches us that when we come to this world, we all have to address the four great passions. And those are deceit, greed, anger, and pride. Mm -hmm. Those will, we all have to interact with those and learn how to master those. One of them will be more prominent in your life than the other four. So let's say anger is the one. And everywhere you go, you run into people that make you angry. Mm -hmm. And everything makes you angry and you are an angry person, well, that anger is going to destroy you. So it's being aware of the anger, what it feels like, not you made me angry, but what does it feel? Because it take, we all know what happens that anger takes over your body yeah. and you shake and you get all this stuff inside there. And if you feel it, then let it go. And if you let it go, you're not an angry person. Mm -hmm. You've removed the anger. Now, the person may have upset you. Mm -hmm. Someone may have upset you. And perhaps maybe they're a toxic person. Mm -hmm. And maybe you need to step away from them because it's okay to step away. And that's the prevention. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. Because if I keep, you know, if you do things that are, you know, really making me angry, angry, angry. You're actually a wonderful teacher because what you're teaching me is that anger is my passion that I came here and I need to work on. Mm -hmm. And once I go, Eureka, I'm an angry person. I'm angry all the time. Yeah. I need to work on that. And I pull back inside myself. Then when I encounter those situations, I'm able to release myself from them. Right. I don't let them entrap me because that's what emotions do. They entrap us. Mm -hmm. They don't entrap you. If you make me angry, it's okay with you. Yeah. You know, right. You're not the one. Right. I'm the one that's suffering because right. I'm angry. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm entrapped. Yes. Yeah. And you think that, you know, if you're spiraling and you're angry about it, that like the other person is going to feel some sort of way or you're going to get back at them or whatever. And that's totally not how it works. You are the one that it's yeah. totally swarmed up in it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's letting go of that. And it's that the awareness. I like that you say that too, because I always say awareness is 50% of it. As soon as you are aware of what's happening, it makes it so much easier. I, I think something that I would like to ask you about, because you mentioned that, is that for a long time, and I know that I've had friends that have also said this as well, but for a long time, I, you know, would be really involved in self-improvement and I would be really interested in, you know, obviously hearing how to better myself and to grow as a person and improve myself mentally. And then I would almost get caught in this awareness space that I felt like I was like hyper aware of everything that I was doing wrong, but that I couldn't. I don't know. I didn't have the skills, I suppose, to like actually um, begin to fix that those types of things. Have you ever experienced anything like that or know anything about that? Well, you know, you, you said an interesting word there, wrong. 
There is no such thing as wrong or right. There's no such thing as judgment. Karma says, all right, I'm going to present you with a situation where you're going to feel, um, you know, whatever feeling or emotion that comes along, I'm going to present that to you. And you're going to feel terrible about yourself. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. That's karma. That's energy. Mm -hmm. Now it's about taking that energy and moving it around and realizing, again, we come all the way back. You are a unique, beautiful specimen mm -hmm. on this earth. Mm -hmm. There's nobody walking your path and you're here to master those things. So the material world that we see around us is really, it's not that it's an illusion, but the illusion is your perception of the world. Yeah. So if you perceive something some way, that's your perception. That might not be my perception. Right, right. So that doesn't, but what happens as human beings, we think, well, that's the reality. And everybody has to believe that reality mm -hmm. when they don't, because everybody comes from a different cultural background. Yes. So it's being able to, uh, karma is all about, I'm here on earth and I'm kind of in this place that there's all this stuff whirling around me, but I'm here to do my work. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to climb a mountain. I'm not here to, I'm, I'm here to do, find and do my karmic path, whatever that might be. Yeah. I know that you have done work um, or you, I mean, you mentioned it earlier about aging and about how, you know, you as a young person that people would focus very hard on being like skinny and then doing all the things. And then it obviously doesn't benefit them later in the physical. But I assume that there are things like that for your mental as well. I'm curious, what would you tell a young person or what do you wish a young person knew about that process and just about life overall what do you think that young people are doing wrong again not wrong well, you know yeah <laughs> i know it's so it's so hard yeah. to not say that habit a bad you know it's so hard not to say i'll give you a little story you know i have taught classes for years and so i've had a lot of students come into my class so one day there was this lovely young woman i just loved her to peace she had this beautiful smile just beautiful little face and she was standing there and she's going oh my bottom's too big she was really depressed and I looked at her and I said, you know, when I look at you, I see beautiful skin and a beautiful smile. And she looked at me. I said, that's what I see. Mm -hmm. And the, the, and it is true. I never looked and said, oh, my God, she's got a big bottom. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just I saw this little girl that came in with a beautiful little smile. And I, and I said, you know, your skin is so beautiful. You're young. Mm -hmm. Appreciate your life because everything ages. And as you age. The beauty of your skin, it changes, mm -hmm. you know, but we don't appreciate it when we're young, you know, yeah. but it does change. Everything changes. So it's appreciating the beauty of who you are and you are not perfect. There is no such thing as perfection. Nature didn't provide it that way, yeah. you know, and and so we strive for perfection when there is, it's, it's a misnomer. There's no such thing, Yes. you know, Yes. there's uniqueness and there's beauty but there's not perfection. Amen. Absolutely. That's no. the essence of Wellish right there. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got it. Okay. So to wrap things up, I do a little game with my guests at the end called kind of toxic, kind of well. And I like to do it because I like to, especially I'm excited to do it with you because you are such a prosperous woman. And I, I like to do it because I kind of like to bring um, a little humanity to people and that everybody does have these like, to kind of toxic, kind of well type of feelings. 
So what or who are you jealous of? Hmm. Well, jealousy is not something that I, it really is not something that's in my brain because I, again, I'm a unique human being and I can't really be jealous of anybody. Um, I'm always, I'm more admiration and to, with karma, that's one of the things karma teaches us that one of the things that we fall into, they're, they're called the troublesome four. And one of them is jealousy and to, to, counter jealousy or to move yourself past it is to look at what it is you're jealous of and admire mm -hmm. it and then strive for it. Yes. And when you do that, jealousy gets removed because jealousy is one of the one of the troublesome four that will trip you up over and over and over again. Yeah. I like that. I've talked about that in the past too, that when you think about what you're jealous about, actually using it to your advantage and it's okay to feel that way, but using it to your advantage to right, say, what do they have in their life that I'm lacking in mind that I feel that way, that I feel that jealousy. I like that. Right. I didn't know that was like a, a pillar of karma. That's Yes, it is. <laughs> when is the last time you people pleased instead of doing or saying what you really wanted? Um, probably about a week ago. I have an elderly father that I am now transitioning into assisted living. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had to tell my father things that, you know, I kind of had to really take care more of him yeah. so yeah i would say but but you know that's part of life when you are you know you step aside for family and for friends and people and it's about stepping back and not being selfish and self-centered in yourself but giving to someone else and i can tell you at the end of the day when i left my father i was totally exhausted mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you know yeah i was totally exhausted and i just needed to decompress somewhere so I, but I knew how to pull away and take that time for myself. But we have to do that as human beings. Yeah. It's important. I love that. Yeah. That's such a good answer. I'm so happy you followed up with that because it's so true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So on the flip then, I heard you say the word, when are you selfish? When am I? Oh, my workout. I'm very selfish. Yes. I have, I, in my, you know, my schedule every day is an hour cut out for Lynn because that time is, it's for my health, mm -hmm. which is number one. And if I'm not healthy and if I'm not walking my talk, then I'm not I'm not going to be a good steward of life and karma and teaching. So it's very important. And that is my time. And I shut the phone off. And if anything comes in, I'll catch him at the end of that hour. Mm -hmm. Amen. What do you find yourself overthinking about? Uh, right now, overthinking about some, my books and stuff that I'm trying to get, <laughs> you know, because there's a lot of things going on yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What makes you quick to get angry? When people are rude and disrespectful. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I really, there's no reason to be disrespectful to anybody. You can be upset mm -hmm. and you can discuss something, but when people are downright disrespectful and there are people out there that do it because they get pleasure out of it and they really do get pleasure out of just nailing you and to me those are the type of people that i have no room for 
I just heard a word. Oh, what is the word? I was some, a guest I had on my show last week. Um, it, she was dealing with a very toxic relationship. And so she knew she was talking about like narcissism and gaslighting and there was a word for it. It was a German word. And I wish to God I could remember the word, but it is that it's an, it's a real thing that people really get pleasure out of making you feel bad. Absolutely. They do. And you know, I'm the type of person that you can do it to me once do it to me twice, you know, because I try to practice compassion and I go, you know what, that's their issue, not mine. Mm-hmm. That's who they are. And how do I look at them? I look at them as a toxic, negative person. So, I mean, they're creating that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like the third time. So you got to move on. <laughs> Prevent you from my life. So, yeah. <laughs> right. You're burning out my energy. Right. And I'm not going to let you do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you afraid of? Um, I, I would say I'm afraid of being immobile. That would be probably because mobility is very important to me. Yeah. That's a very valid fear. I got one. Yeah. What do you not have empathy for? Not have empathy for? Oh, again, I don't have a lot of empath- empathy for people who are consciously trying to hurt people, mm-hmm. destroy people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, I, because if you are consciously doing that, mm-hmm. you know, you, that's, it's mean, yeah. you know, yeah. it's deceitful, mm-hmm. it's anger, you know, it's usually they're very, usually they don't feel very good about themselves. Yeah. So, you know, and so I don't have, I don't have a lot of patience or empathy for people who um, continually do it. Now, if someone does that, and they really aren't aware, mm-hmm. and they're struggling to try to change that, I'll, I'll open my heart to them and try to help them. Yeah. But there are some people you can never get to. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point that there's some people that, you know, you're, you're never going to be able to fix them. No, nope, never, yeah. never. Yeah. If you could give a piece of advice to someone trying to become more well than toxic, what advice would you give them? Well, I would give them this advice, which is, is from karma. It means that you should seek to be the perfected human being. And that means being true to yourself, do no harm, and equally disseminate health, happiness, and peace to all. And that's really what karma, that's really karma says, if you can reach that pinnacle in your life, wow, you've done it. Yeah. Takes work. That's karma. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Dr. Lynn, thank you for being here. I appreciate you so much. Where can people find you? Um, If they go to my website, drlynn.com, and it's spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-L-Y-N-N.com. Everything, my classes, my books, uh, my consultations about me, everything is there, all of my social media stuff. So you can just, it's all right there at drlynn.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and your knowledge. I really enjoyed talking to you. It was a really good conversation. Well, thank you. This was great fun. 